Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Unplug with Annie. We're continuing the series of fears and today my guest is Annalise Ross. Annalise is the founder and CEO of AMR Digital Marketing, a full-service social media marketing agency that works with startups, entrepreneurs and small businesses to grow, scale and monetize their social media following. Annalise has been a thought leader in this space for years and and has helped countless businesses navigate this tricky, ever-changing climate of social media marketing. So we're going to be talking all about social media today, so I'm sure it's going to be really interesting for all of you. There is definitely something to take away. I would suggest getting out a pen and a paper because you're going to want to make notes for this one. Hi, Annalise. Welcome to Unplug with Annie. Thank you so much for being part of this show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and be talking about social media, um, business, all of those good things. Yeah, and it's really, it's really great to have you part of this series because it's kind of all about females who are empowering and, and, and driven at the same time and are doing exciting things out there in the world. So, and, you're, and what you do is very unique. We haven't had anyone on so far who is who has been in the space of social media. So firstly, I would love to ask you how you started AMR as a company and did you feel that there was some kind of gap in the market which you could fill at the time? Yeah, great question. Um, So, well, I guess just starting from the very beginning, I kind of always, actually, I never really knew what I wanted to do. I always knew that I didn't want to work like the typical corporate office job and somehow I ended up graduating college and going and working that corporate job anyway just because I kind of fell into the got stressed that I didn't know what I was doing I had to have a job so I kind of fell into this job and I was absolutely miserable um, and I ended up actually getting really depressed um, and having to move back home with my parents like a year after I graduated college um, and it was kind of a really hard time like I didn't really have any idea what I was going to do with my life. Um, And all my friends were kind of working these similar jobs, but they, for some reason, weren't as miserable in them as I was. Um, And so I guess I kind of had this aha moment. Like I was sitting on my uh, couch, literally like scrolling through jobs, and I would take breaks and just look at social media and scroll through there. And I always had this interest and kind of admiration for all of these bloggers and influencers who were just traveling the world and posting about their lives and making money doing it. Um, And it wasn't so much that I think I wanted to be an influencer because I wasn't really that type. I didn't have like, I guess I wasn't really as comfortable on camera being photographed every day, putting together the outfits, all of that. Um, I more just loved the freedom in their lifestyle um, and the passion that you could tell that like they were doing something they loved. And that's why influencer marketing works so well, because it's really people just showing the things they genuinely love doing and love using. So I got really into just kind of studying these girls, following them. And about a year down the road, I decided, okay, I'm going to start my own business. Um, I didn't really know what I was going to do for my business yet. So I took a course learning how to make websites. Um, Fast forward a couple months, I kind of realized websites weren't for me. Um, I would stay up like all night trying to perfect the perfect website and it would just drive me crazy. Um, 
Meanwhile, I was also helping some of my parents, just friends around town with their social media. Um, and I had one account that started just really taking off and I was really just looking at the things that I admired in these bloggers and kind of taking that mentality and putting it into a business account. Um, and it started just doing really well for them. And, um, and so I kind of had this moment where I was like, okay, the website thing isn't totally working out. Maybe there is this space here um, to do what I actually really am interested in, like pursue this, not necessarily blogging, but being in that industry in a different way where you're helping other people to really grow their following, grow their influence, um, all of those good things. So I shifted my attention there and I'd already kind of had some clients that I was working on and I really didn't even realize that was a business yeah. at the time. Um, and I really just started doing what I was doing for them for myself as well. So that was about three and a half years ago now. Um, and since then we've really grown. We have a big office. We have a team um, of content creators and graphic designers. Um, but really it started as just me trying to figure it out. Um, and I think what's really cool about social media is that there is that opportunity, especially for women, for people who are, who a lot of times it's hard. Like you want to start your own business. You want to be in charge of your life. You have all these great ideas, but you don't know how to really get the ball moving. Mm -hmm. um, and everything that we've done has been really social media has rolled the ball for us the entire way. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, that's so, so coming to social media then, because I'm sure everyone is going to have something to take away from this. Um, but you know, the, the, the question of authenticity keeps on rising and you know, the, the, the fact that we want our content to be authentic at the same time to, to tell people who we are and the kind of things that we're into and really attract people who also are in alignment with those things, but to do it in an organic way. And that just seems really difficult because now there, there's so much, there's like a surge of people who are constantly even messaging me saying, you know, like pay me this amount of money, you'll get X amount of followers. And then I, I just feel like we're, we're driving away from authenticity in that respect. So how do we how do we stay authentic and yet grow a following at the same time who are really into what we're doing authentically? Great question. And this is kind of a constant battle. I actually was just writing a post about this the other day. Um, there really is, like you said, this push of on social media, you can it's discouraging sometimes to be putting out all of this content and seeing other people who are just skyrocketing or you feel like the market is so saturated. Um, so really what we do and what I encourage all of our clients to do as well is really make social media not about consuming, but about creating, um, creating content and creating a community. So um, what we do and what all of our content creators do, we will start our morning with creating posts. You don't, we don't look at anything. I don't even scroll my feed until after I get off work at like 5 p.m. Because then all of my ideas, and you, and sometimes we don't even notice this because it's kind of subconscious, but your ideas kind of get tainted. You see what's happening. You're like, oh, I don't want to seem like I'm copying that, or that's a really good idea, but I don't know if it would do as well for me. Like those are the thoughts that, that really bog you down and can get in the way of having that authentic, showing up authentically for your audience. 
Mm -hmm. Um, so instead what we do is focus on creating first, creating content, but also creating relationships with people. Um, a lot of times it's easy to get caught up in the numbers of social media and be like, Oh, I only have 300 followers. How am I ever going to make a business with this? How am I ever going to actually monetize this? Um, but the fact of the matter is if you have 300 followers who are your, I like to call them super fans, they will buy anything from you. They actually know you, you talk to them on a regular basis. Um, that is enough to do a lot, make a big impact. Um, imagine standing in a room in front of those 300 people talking to them. It's all of a sudden it gets kind of scary. Um, so really what I would encourage people to do is focus on creating quality relationships and hard sometimes to find those relationships on social media because you're putting out content, you feel like no one's seeing it, um, or you feel like you're just putting it out to the same people. So one of the things you have to do and that we spend a lot of time doing is actually searching for those people that we want to create the relationships with. Um, so instead of just sitting around waiting for them to come, we kind of take the control back into our hands and say, okay, who is the ideal follower for this account? Um, who else are they probably following? Where, what events are they going to? Where do they live? And using those things, you can actually search for them and just start commenting on their posts. And that's really how you create momentum in terms of making those relationships, finding people that you're that are your ideal client. Because if you just kind of post and wait for people to come, sometimes you get people who either aren't your ideal client um, or they just seem kind of random. You don't totally have a connection with them. And sometimes you get great people and you do attract great people. But, um, but I've always kind of been a fan of controlling the things that we can control. Mm -hmm. um, and then the things that we can't, we let go of um, and focus on the controllable instead. Yeah. And, and what about, what about then converting these followers into potential consumers of whatever product or service we're giving? Because ads, ads seem to be a great technique, but it, it can be super confusing where to start. And are ads, in your opinion, knowing more about this, do you feel ads are only particularly relevant when, when there is a product or service to sell as opposed to just, just to create some awareness about the account? Great question. So there's really two, I guess, two separate questions within here. The mm -hmm. first is um, ads. Um, so the one thing that we usually do when we have clients that come to us, especially businesses that do have products, a lot of times, and I'm sure you've all seen this before as well, um, you go to a business's feed and it's all promotions, mm. all ads, or it looks kind of like a bunch of different billboards all posted together. Um, and the fact is, no one really wants to follow that. We get that in our inbox. We get that when we're driving down the highway and we see a billboard. We get that in magazines. We're bombarded by ads all the time. Um, and social media is a place where normal consumers go really just to let loose, connect with their friends, discover new things that they're interested in. So as a business, we have to make ourselves something that consumers are going to be interested in, which is usually actually not us. It's more taking the focus off of us as the business and putting it onto them and asking ourselves, what, does, what do our clients really need? Um, and maybe of course, you as a business, you're probably going to think that they need your product, but there's usually some steps that they need before that to be ready to actually use your product. 
So for example, us as a social media agency, a lot of businesses do need help with social media. But before they can even be ready for that point, they have to understand social media. They have to be kind of using it for themselves, um, just understanding how it works, how it can work for their business. So there's a lot of education that goes in before we're actually even asking for a sale at all. Right. Um, so posts really, and this is what we ask ourselves every post that we create there's always the question at the end, how is this helping my ideal client? And if you can't answer that question within the first 10 seconds, then it's probably not helpful enough. Right. Um, and so you should probably go back and rethink it. And this applies for organic content and for paid ads, which is something that's kind of um, a misconception. People usually understand it more for organic, but for paid ads, people are like, oh, I, but I need to get sales from this. I need to push this. Mm -hmm. Um, so you definitely do want to have that on a paid ad, still have that click to your website, a call to action, but there has to, has to, has to be value in it. There has to be something that's going to get people to actually stop scrolling and read the ad or else yeah. it's never going to convert. Yeah, uh, absolutely true. And then the, your other question, um, of do you even need a product? So I ideally, and most businesses, this is kind of a luxury to be able to start without a product and just have the time to build and cultivate a community and not be selling anything, not have money be an issue. Um, and so some people, that's not an option at first, but you really do have to make that an option on social media. Even if it's not an option for your business, maybe you split your marketing budget and you push traditional marketing to keep those sales coming but you have to treat your, um, you can't go into social media organically with just a hard sell. It won't work, you'll get cut off. People will keep scrolling, they won't follow you. Um, you have to go in really just looking to build a brand. Um, yeah. And that could be a personal brand or a business brand. Um, but it's really about creating those relationships and those relationships are what convert. So if you're having trouble seeing those conversions or you're posting things and you're getting people engaging um, and they're commenting, but no one's ready to buy from you yet. Um, usually the best thing is to take a step back and ask yourself where these people are in the process. Did they just meet you? Have they known you forever, but they maybe don't know enough about, um, your industry to even understand why they need the product. Um, mm. Where are they in the process and how can you, you're really like more of a tour guide on social media. You're guiding them through this process, um, getting to know them throughout the whole thing, but you're not talking about the destination until they're ready, until you're right there. Right, right. I think that's a really great point. That's definitely an eye opener. And something you mentioned earlier in terms of um, what 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 got you interested in social media seeing influencers and bloggers like I find this very interesting so we're, we're now in this age where people are actually creating um, a, a, an income from from being bloggers and influencers and at the same time this can I feel give the perception that it's very easy because all people are seeing a glamorous pictures and um, you know, everyone sort of thinks like, oh, I can do this, you know, but is there like, what advice would you give to somebody who might be listening and thinking like, thinking of maybe experimenting in this space and getting into influencing or, or influencing or blogging? 
Um, and like, what, what is a good starting point for that? Is it just about create, just starting to create content or is it about understanding what that niche is before you start to create the content? So really good question. Um, there's kind of two parts here. You do want to really identify a niche that you're passionate about, that you feel like you can talk about. And it doesn't have to be something that you're necessarily an expert in because by posting about it, by talking about it, you will gain that expertise. It just really has to be something that you're passionate about. Yeah. Um, and this is a little bit, um, I guess, opposite of what you might think. But what we usually tell clients is we never recommend people do photography, get photos taken or anything until after we do at least one full month of content. And that's because we really use that. So we'll look at what you have already. If you say you want to be a fashion blogger, put together all of your old photos, any photos you have already. Um, you can compare them to like your vision board, whatever it is, your brand that you want it to look like. And it might not look perfect because you haven't gone out and made things for that, but you can get pretty close. Um, and then you want to send out that first month of content to the best that you can. So the closest that you can to your ideal vision. And the reason you don't want to spend all this time going out, doing photography, creating the perfect, perfect look before you start is because your analytics are really, really important here. And they're really how your audience is going to tell you what's working for them and what's not. And that's how you're going to grow. So you want to do that first month of content and then go back through and look at, okay, what post performed really well here? What didn't perform well? And that information will guide your strategy. So it'll guide, maybe you had this look that you wanted to do, um, you wearing a certain type of style, um, like full body shots every day. Um, and then you find out that, oh, actually the photos of like my face are doing way better than the ones of my full body. Um, so that would guide the type of content you're going to create. Um, and this is something you don't just do the first month. You do it the first month and then you use that information to guide your content for the next month. And the, at the end of that month, you do the same thing. So social media is always changing. Your audience is always changing. And in order to keep growing, you have to be always changing with them. Um, you still want to make sure you're staying true to yourself and doing the type of content, posting about the things that you care about that are important to you. Um, but within that, audience preferences are really important. And this is where it kind of gets a little bit more marketing technical. Um, but it is important to listen to what your audience is liking the most, what they're um, maybe not liking as much, um, because if you keep doing what's working, that's how you keep moving the ball forward and keep getting that momentum. True. Very true. So my, my next question is something interesting, which I feel like a few people have asked me about sort of like in conversation, like, do you know why this is happening or, and that is the, um, the fact that when they look at their, um, at the statistical insights, if you like on social media and Instagram, particularly, um, of course, you get a whole load of information, but what seems to be apparent to a lot of people is that stories are being viewed by a lot more people, perhaps people who don't even follow you. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if you could shed some insight as to why that happens and what could then, what, what is the thing preventing them from, from clicking that follow button? So I've had a few people just ask me like, you know, do all the people who see your stories actually follow you? And I was like, I'm, I'm not actually sure. And then actually taking a look, I realized, oh no, actually a few people don't. 
um, I wonder how they found me or, you know, saw this story. So if you could shed some light on that. Yeah, yeah, great question. So on stories, um, there's a couple different ways that people can discover your stories. Obviously, if they're following you, then your stories will show up on their feed. Mm -hmm. um, if someone's not following you, but you add a location tag or a hashtag or even tag another account in your story, then each of those three things, so the three categories are location tags, hashtags, and other user tags, they each have their own stories. So every hashtag has its own story, every location tag has its own story, and depending on how quickly your story is viewed and how many people view it, mm -hmm. um, Instagram will select certain stories that have those tags to be featured on that story. Um, and so then the people who follow, um, say you follow hashtag female entrepreneurship, um, you might see the female entrepreneurship um, story show up on your profile and then you would be watching all of these stories from other people who used that hashtag but who you don't necessarily follow. Right. So it's a great way using stories hash, hash, or using hashtags, location tags, and tagging other users is a great way to get your content in front of other new users. Um, it's not necessarily going to guarantee that they're going to follow you. But if you realize that you're getting a lot of views under one hashtag that from people that don't currently follow you, you might take that into consideration with the next story you post under that hashtag um, and maybe do say, talk about that or address that or tell people why they might, why they might want to follow you. What value do you give them? Um, and if you put it under that same hashtag, those same people are probably going to see it again and again. Um, typically, this is just a marketing stat, but people have to see something six to eight times before they actually take action. Mm. Um, so that's quite a few times um, okay. when you think about it. So you do want to kind of have that repetition and consistency, with, especially within the hashtags or location tags that are working for you, um, mm -hmm. because those are people you might, they might see you once, but they're scrolling by, they just kind of forget. We really as just as humans, our brains like repetition. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, that definitely does. And so for a lot of people not on the Instagram game, they're still like, I, I suppose it's probably a, a small percentage of people comparatively who aren't convinced about the need to use social media. But what would your advice be to people who are thinking of, of starting a business and, and perhaps aren't on that game yet? And why would you recommend, um, joining or you know hiring a social media agency to do the work for them yeah absolutely that kind of is answers the first question and one if you have a business and you really just kind of like dread social media you try to do it and you just don't like it and it frustrates you or it feels like it's not worth your time that's absolutely a sign that you should outsource it mm -hmm. um, because social media, especially if you're just doing the same thing over and over again and getting frustrated, um, it's not going to just suddenly take off one day if you just keep doing the same thing. True. Um, so you have to make those changes. And if you're not willing to kind of experiment, test new things, um, then it's really kind of a waste of your time to just be doing the same thing over and over again, unless that same thing is working for you. Yeah. Um, so outsourcing it, and it's kind of scary to outsource something like social media because you do have to, it is kind of personal, especially for smaller businesses that are more of a personal brand. 
Um, the really the key is outsourcing to someone that you feel really understands you and gets you, and they're essentially becoming a ghostwriter for you. Mm -hmm. um, either it's for you or for the voice of the brand if the brand has its own personality. Um, and so that's really the most important thing. And there's also a lot of there's tons of different social media managers, virtual assistants, agencies. There's so many options out there that it can get really overwhelming. Mm. Um, so a couple of things that we look for that we tell clients to look for when trying to find someone to outsource to is, um, is look at the quality of their work. Like if you're trying to grow their follow, grow your following, you want an agency that has a big following because obviously they're doing it for themselves. You also yeah. want to look through their followers and make sure that they're actually real and okay. targeted. Um, and you want to look at their captions, like make sure you like their writing style, make sure that you like who they are um, because these people are going to be working as essentially the voice of your brand. Social media is really important that way. Something I always think is funny is that like businesses will pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for the perfect website and then they'll have an intern run their social media. But the thing is that people see your social media way before they ever see your website most of the time. And um, <laughs> so it really is like people call their website their online storefront, but really your social media is the whole store online. It's getting to know the people, the store, all the aspects. Mm -hmm. um, so it is really, really important for business. And if you don't think it's important or you're not convinced that you're going to see results in your industry, it's usually a sign that you're either something's not working right for you. You're not outsourcing to the right people. Um, when you're, when social media is working and you're doing things that are, that are working well for you, you see results right away which is something that's really encouraging about it because you can post one thing one day and get double the amount of likes if it's something that people love. Um, and you can post something the next day that totally flops and you're like, okay, well, we just had to try that once and now we know never again. <laughs> yeah, true, 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 true. You get to know pretty quickly. So social media, I mean, it's one of those things which I think is under constant scrutiny as well for being positive and negative because obviously encouraging comparison and all those kind of things. But just to wind down then about you personally, how do you sort of keep yourself away from, from that part of it, from the negative part? Is it something that you, is it by sort of taking regular breaks from it? Is it, you know, something you do for your, your kind of peace of mind when it comes to all of this? Yeah, yeah. Um, this is something even I struggle with a lot. Um, but a couple of things that I've kind of learned, and one of them I touched on at the beginning is I never start my day with social media. Um, if I do, if I'm on social media in the morning, it's just posting and engaging with comments. I'm never consuming content until the end of the day. Um, yeah. And that's just because it really helps me get in that state of mind of, okay, this is really we're serving these people who are showing up for us. The rest of the people don't matter yet. Um, and we're creating content that ideally will serve as many people as possible. But, um, but I'm not here to consume right now. I'm just here to create and serve. Mm. Uh, so that mindset. Another thing that's really different, I think, in terms of building a brand versus using social media for personal use is that um, the business kind of has its own persona. Even if it is a personal brand, 
it's not the way that people will never know you the way that like your friends or your family know you. They know the work that you're doing, um, what you're putting out there, how you're serving them. Um, so it is kind of important to have that separation. Um, you want to embrace it as your own and of course be passionate about it, but also know that um, criticism to a business is different than criticism. They're not criticizing who you are as a person. Um, it's more constructive feedback because you are serving them. It's a give and take relationship. Um, one last thing also that I've noticed is that when you post things from a place of educating and serving versus talking about yourself, even negative feedback isn't as harsh because it's really, um, say I'm teaching you three ways to create content that converts and you post something negative. I'm like, okay, well, that's actually something that I haven't, hadn't considered. So let's take that in. And it's more of a critical thinking brainstorming session than a, I hate your outfit. You look bad yeah. today. Like that's much more personal. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it is, so it's really kind of a mindset shift. It's also important, obviously, to have times where you're not online all the time. You don't have to be online 24-7 to be influential on social media, to grow on social media. You just have to be intentional with your time. Um, and usually the best time to be online is within the one, if you're going to set a, like, time block your time for social media, I encourage you to set aside, like, one hour a day where you post for the first first 15 minutes and then you stay on for 45 minutes after and respond to every comment that comes in and if you don't have any comments coming in go out and comment on other people's posts because those first that first hour after you post is really when you're going to get the most meaningful interactions it's also the most important time in the eyes of the algorithm um, mm -hmm. in terms of how high your content is ranked how if it's shown on the discover feed so you want to really be active during that time um, and that, if you do that, it's, you're going to see better results than if you're kind of online, offline every hour of the day. Yeah. Wow. That, that, that's something interesting. I've never heard that before. That's really useful. Okay. Um, <laughs> so what is next for you? What's on the bucket list, whether it's related to this company or whether it's something else that you have as an entrepreneur now, something else that you want to do, what can we look forward to? Yeah. So, well, we, I personally love what I do. I love, um, social media. We get to work with all different kinds of businesses. Um, and so really for me, just continuing to grow that part of the business is going to, is my passion and I think will be for a while. Um, I also though have this whole community of people that we've kind of cultivated on our own social media. That's like I said, in that newer or earlier stage of the sales cycle where they're still really needing to learn about social media and just get on there themselves and explore things and apply some tips. Um, so that's a community that I've been just taking a lot of interest in as well and educating them. So, um, so hopefully some type of educational thing for they're really kind of two separate branches of the business in my mind, the actual clients who were doing the work for, and then the people who were helping do the work themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something that I always love growing and coming up with new ideas for, um, doing things like this even. Um, hopefully your listeners, even if they take away one tip um, and it has a positive impact for them, then that's a win in my mind. 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure there's so Annalise, like I, I mean, I personally love your content and I'll definitely be tagging you and everything. So um you you know, guys who are listening, you can absolutely reach out and, and check out her account because I find it I actually find it very educational because there's a lot as a as you know a regular person using social media when you're sort of you're discovering things on the go and you're just kind of working things out you know and half the time you just don't know exactly how what's really working and what's not working and and i know that you recommend some great apps to use as well which is really great um so i'm sure i'm sure there's going to be a lot of value in this but just to wind up then i've just got one last question which is what i'm asking every guest on this series called Sears which is one thing that you love about yourself, because I think it's important for us women to, to talk about that. I love that question. Um, let me just think. One thing, um, well, I guess one thing that I love about myself is something that I felt like I was missing for a long time in my life is just this sense of purpose. And, um, and I've, I mean, it's been really a source of pride for me to be able to not only grow this business for myself, but also kind of be the leader or boss. And I mean, I do my best. I, I don't know if I'm, no one's perfect at this, but to be kind of the boss that I always wanted to have in all of my jobs and never did. Um, and really to be able to lift people up and inspire people to be creative, which is, and it's very funny. I think about this all the time, but like, my job towards my employees and my job towards my client is really clients are really very similar. Um, cause both of them, it's just about developing their skills, lifting them up and allowing them to kind of feel the same, the same sense of empowerment. Um, mm -hmm. and so that's something that's always been really important to me. And I think that social media, there are lots of negatives to it, but there's also, this is one of the great positive things, especially for women. Um, it's really opened up a lot of opportunities for women to just kind of be their own boss and um, and create the future that works for them and that's not um, suppressive or um, or that kind of corporate grind that really doesn't favor women as much. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, it's been so nice chatting to you and I'm definitely going to keep you in the loop with what's going on with this and everybody else, of course. And um, yeah, I can't wait to share this with everyone. Yes, me too. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, so much fun talking with you and I can't wait to hear it live. <laughs> Amazing. Take care, Annalise. You too. That was the end of another episode on Unplug with Annie. I'm continuing the series of Fierce next week where I'm talking to another amazing woman and I can't wait for you guys to hear the whole series so do stay tuned. For everything Unplug related do follow the IG and Facebook page at the rate Unplug with Annie. You can also go to the website www.unplugwithannie.com and subscribe to the newsletter so you're constantly updated with what's going on on the blog as well as the podcast. Until next week.